0: Because it really is like, what's your core value? and Mm -hmm. How much are you worth? What's your core value? And how much time are you spending on that core Mm -hmm. value? And then what are all the other things that you're doing? Just rough hours. Whatever that rate your hour is worth times those hours you're doing things that somebody else could do for you is opportunity to increase your earnings.
1: Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying
0: about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top
1: professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Welcome to Financially Ever After. I am your host, Stacey Francis. And today we have not one, but two fantastic experts to talk to us all things careers. In fact, we have Elizabeth Ice, who's an expert in the gig economy, and may not have heard of that. But I have to tell you that going forward, more individuals are going to be part of the gig economy in the future than actually holding your typical corporate job. Elizabeth Ice is the founder and CEO of Results Resourcing. It's a online platform that comes with a recruiter and essentially is a matchmaker, matching employers with individuals like yourself that have unique talent to help them grow and scale their business. We also have Kelly Joyce, who is a professional discoverer of helping people find their ideal career path and their ideal dream job. She works with individuals who have been out of the workforce for many, many years, those that have had their toe in maybe part time, and those who want to take their career to that next level. She's dedicated all of her talents to helping individuals with career transition, with job searches, performance management, mental health, and workaholism, which is so important to talk about these other softer sides because she explains how for many individuals, they don't realize all the skills that they have and when kelly joins us she shares a unique homework for you all to do to help you really hone down on what your skill set is to help you find that dream job and make sure you stay to the end because both kelly and elizabeth give us some fantastic tools not only helping you with resume writing in fact kelly offers a link to her free resume writing roadmap for all of those listening to Financially Ever After today. And Elizabeth shares a fantastic calculator called ROI of Time that helps you really understand more about the value of every hour you spend, how a lot of that could be taken off your plate to better focus on your family and your career that could earn you more. I'm so excited to have Elizabeth and Kelly here today because wherever you are in the journey of just dipping your toe in for the first time in a decade into the workforce, to someone who has a full-blown career and is firing on all cylinders, they have great tips and advice on taking your career to the next level, earning the income you know you all need and deserve in having that dream career path. So without further ado, please help me welcome our two guests, Elizabeth Ice and Kelly Joyce, Elizabeth and Kelly. I feel like I should have a glass of wine because I have so much fun talking to you. But for listeners, just know I have water and coffee. So you have my best full on no wine to um, unfortunately make me a little too happy and maybe not ask the right questions that we all really want to know. But I'm so excited to have two dear friends, Kelly Joyce and Elizabeth Ice, to be here. Welcome, Kelly. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. And Elizabeth, it's so good to see you.
0: Likewise, I am delighted to be here with the two of you. Thank you so much and glad to be joining the conversation.
1: Well, we have a full docket of questions. I have been wanting to have this podcast for so long because so many of the women who are listening to our podcast identify with one or three different situations. It could be a woman who, her career has been taking care of the kids and she's been a stay-at-home mom and needs to go back to work. And it's been sometimes a decade or more. It could be that she has worked part-time or just really had a year or two that she's been out of the workforce and knows that she needs to up her earnings and take it to that next level to make that financial settlement work for her long term. And then there's the woman who I just was sharing with Kelly and, and Elizabeth before we jumped on live, who was making about 200000 and we ran her financial plan and it just didn't work. And we told her, you need to be making X. And literally three weeks later, she raised her salary to $350,000. Wow. So (laughs) people in different situations that are all trying to make their career work to give them the earnings that they need, but also some of them are moms. And so trying to be able to mesh that with being a mom or the other thing, moms, but kids are fully launched and you know, might be in their 50s and, and 60s too. So a lot of good stuff. Let's first talk about, Kelly, the woman who she's been at home, mm-hmm. she's not been in the workforce for five, seven, 10, 15, 20 years. Or ever. Or ever. What is the first step she can take to get back to work? Yeah. In a way that works. I feel it's overwhelming and daunting. I'm overwhelmed asking even the question.
2: Well, I mean, the the first step is actually deciding that this is something that you're going to do. And I know that sounds a little basic, but it is. I mean, you have to be all in on this or it's not going to work. But in terms of moving ahead with, gosh, while I've been working at home and I don't have any skills, I have to just to normalize this for everyone, every single one of my clients, no matter who they are, how much work experience they have, they all say they have no skills. Everyone says they have no skills. And so it's actually the first exercise that I do with my clients is talk about skills, skills, identification. We do three hard skills and three soft skills and hard skills are the things that you do and the soft skills are the things that you are. So it might be like that you're honest or timely. The things that you do might be writing, scheduling. Mm -hmm. So when you think about running a family, a household, you know, all the probably community activities. That have been happening over the years it didn't happen by magic you were doing things and those are skills and the trick is identify the skills and then match it up with someone who really desires it who can benefit from you know my ability to multitask ten different things to run a two million dollar fundraiser for, yeah. for you know, the local charity It all counts and we draw from that
1: so that is powerful so everybody what our homework is you just already i mean you're listening right now and you have homework already but it's very <laughs> valuable homework of what are those top 3 things yes. that of your skill set and then what are the the really soft skills of, of who you are and i will tell you this i was treasurer for my daughter and son's PTA mm-hmm. and we ran a budget i think it was about 500,000 yeah. dollars every year mm-hmm. and the amount of work i did it felt like yeah. a second job mm-hmm. and whether you're inactive with the PTA, your church, associations, mm-hmm. the scheduling, mm-hmm. I feel like you need a a Mary Kondo ninja <laughs> organization degree uh-huh. to be able to schedule the whole family and and then taking that and matching it with an employer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I know there's the typical employer type situation and I want to come back to that, but Elizabeth, I wanna pull you in because you have a fantastic technology company. And I say technology because it's really technology that bases what you have been able to do. And you're able to match up employers who are looking for all these different skills with individuals who have them. I feel like a matchmaker extraordinary. <laughs> and for all of you listening, I've worked with Elizabeth and her team and really phenomenally talented people who have been so helpful and useful for us at Francis Financial for different projects. Tell me what that whole arena looks like, because it's different than like the full-on corporate nine to five.
0: Definitely. And I, I think this is an area that is just rife with opportunity for people. It's called the gig economy, and it's people that do contract work, that are freelancers. And it's something that's been around forever, but it's really come into play because of what you just mentioned, technology. Technology has created marketplaces that allow people who need skills to find people that have skills. But it does come down to what Kelly already talked about. If you're a person that wants to participate as a freelancer, as a contractor, you need to know what you're good at and be able to speak to that. So you can input it into a technology platform like mine, which is called Results Resourcing, and then you get matched with people that are looking for that. So technology is this unbelievable gift to employers who might want flexible, talented contract workers as opposed to full-time because not every role needs to be full-time or Mm -hmm. might be very specialized with people that are out there in the universe that either coming back to work are doing a side hustle because they want to add more income, but they've got a part-time job or a full-time job. There's just so many opportunities and the key is the matchmaking. And that starts with the person who wants to be hired, clearly defining the skills that they have and owning not only the hard skills, but the soft skills, because that's just as important. And the maturity and the reliability, that's what most people are looking for, with the, you know, the people that are defining their needs. And honestly, so I don't lose this point, there's an opportunity for people to start businesses, and they can start businesses, even if they're working full-time, and they can support that business. They start as an entrepreneur as a side hustle with freelancers that help them do the admin work or the marketing work or whatever it is. So I just think there's enormous opportunity through the Giga economy for both buyers of talent and sellers of talent. And it's just bringing them together in a way that they find each other. And that's clearly my passion in the world is, is being that tell. matchmaker. <laughs>
1: and for, for all of you, I, I know no one can see right now, but Elizabeth's face just totally, totally lit up. And what I have to say, what both of you have really nailed down so clearly is the importance of figuring out number one what your skills are what you enjoy and moving forward but kelly i'm going to go to you what if someone is re-entering the workforce they haven't done work in a long time how do you know and uncover really what you want to do i mean does anyone remember the book what color is your Parachute? Absolutely. Dick Mm Bowles. Yeah. So I remember reading that over and over and over again, every time hoping that it's going to tell me what I need to do this time. And thank goodness, by the fourth time, it kind of clicked for me. But figuring out what you really want to do, what we want to be when we grow up, (laughs) is Mm -hmm. not so easy. And when we want to grow up, be when we grow up, that doesn't matter. Some people still struggle with it, whether they're 20, 30, 40, 50 or 60. So Kelly, how do you do that? when you work with your clients are you able to help them kind of peel back the onion to figure out what that is
2: yeah yeah so the what part is huge and i do take people through a very specific process that goes from i have little to no idea what i want to a committed plan with with steps and it looks like you know going through going through skills and their their story the negative things they're telling themselves needs assessment you know their financial emotional spiritual logistical needs I do a battery of assessments, Myers Briggs and the strong interest inventory which leads to a plan. But all behind that in that it's a journey, it's something that really needs to be processed with self and others and trusted individuals, but besides the what, a lot of it actually is driven by the why. So sitting on top of all that, I would say I can make all sorts of plans all day long for you, right? <laughs> but if you're not connecting to it, on a visceral level, but your why that's not going to materialize in the real world. So getting in touch with your why, and sometimes it is a financial need, but the motivational reasons, you know, it could be that you just need more fulfillment. You're creative. You feel like you need a new chapter in your life. I have a lot of clients that are doing second and third X. So when you're starting to feel stuck, even when you feel like, oh, I think I know what I want. And we're going to go try it. And then it's six months
1: later and you haven't done anything. Then Mm -hmm. you go back to the why. So that's interesting. So, Kelly, tell me this. So if you've been looking at going into a certain field or changing your job and six months later, you're at the same spot, that's a great wake up call that you're talking about of this probably isn't the right piece for me because I'm not really motivated to do this. No judgments, no judgments. Like it's just that's the way it is. And that's okay, right? So it could be, it isn't the right thing, but
2: in terms of, you have to move beyond the thinking, you know, that's the part of the plan is I always say, you're not going to know everything. I just want you to do the first couple of actions. For example, talk to someone who has the same job that you want, right? (laughs) For example, like really get out there and taste it. It's the old, you know, like when you go up the staircase in the clouds, you can just see the next step. It's just like that in career, you know, we, we can't guarantee that you're going to love it or that it's going to be a slam dunk, but if you don't even talk to someone or show up, you're never going to know. And then you're just going to sit around saying, well, you know, I was going to be a ballerina
1: and you never bought your toe shoes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You bring up such a good point of, and I know that this is really important for getting a job too ultimately just get out to your network, looked at your LinkedIn. If you haven't really done a whole lot of add a ton of people to LinkedIn, yeah. reach out to people that, you know, asking, you know, do you know someone who is in annual gifts and fundraising? Yeah. If you're interested in that, that I could possibly reach out to for like a 20 minute conversation, coffee online Absolutely. to start to dip your toe into that and get a, a good idea of, does that make sense? And over to you, Elizabeth. I think this is really interesting too, with results resourcing the gig economy and starting to do consulting work or freelance work is a really, I don't want to say low commitment in negative, a negative way, but it's not like you're signing up for a job that is nine to six and you just sign that agreement and, and you're off to the races. You can go in, and if you love social media and you're brilliant at it can decide, well, let me try consulting with a few clients as their social media manager to see if that really fits for me and essentially try that on. Is that right, Elizabeth? Or, or do you need to be more sure about what your you know, superpower is when it comes to g- consulting and gig economy?
0: Well, that's a double-edged sword. And the reason I say that is because you're absolutely right. It's a very flexible way to set yourself up to do a skill that you think you're going to love to do. But being an entrepreneur is not a light step forward. I mean, there's a you're your own CEO, you're running your own company, and there's a lot to doing that professionally. And the reason I bring that up, because the other side of that sword, is that you want to get hired in that small business. that is going to hire you isn't too interested in you discovering yourself. They want social media results, which don't happen in 30 days. They happen in 60, 6 months, 9 months. So they want commitment, they want reliability, frankly they want a track record. And mm-hmm. so in our role as a matchmaker, you know, we're very careful with people that are new to gig economy because they may have fresh perspectives and great history, but they're also inexperienced working as a solopreneur or as a, being a business owner. And so we're about making durable matches because we need the company results resourcing because we resource results. Our yeah. clients want results. And so that's the flip side. You may have tons of skills, but you do have to make that commitment because that's a real client that's paying yeah. you money. You know, It's just not something that you can experiment with, but there's ways to set it up the way that you can try things.
1: Yeah. Possibly so it's a-
0: freelancing for another freelancer, because that happens a lot. And so they need to hire a virtual admin, which happens to be the most popular job on our platform. And all those skills you talked about before, for someone that's never been in the market, those administrative and skills are so vital, project management. So sometimes you can get a gig learning a trade by freelancing for another freelancer in the
1: field that you think you're interested in. That's absolutely fascinating and Kelly I want to go back to you because I feel like this is one of the stumbling blocks quite frankly of getting that first job it's like the chicken and the egg they want to see results but we don't have quite maybe the results in the package that they're used to seeing how do you package yourself to be successful when you've either not worked for some time been working part time or than working in a different industry that's lower paying and you need to up it and move into a higher paying industry? Yeah,
2: I mean, a lot of it is the repackaging aspect, and it, it does start with, with skills. Uh, but I think the next frontier of that is having a story, being able to talk about why you're the right person, you know, what you're bringing to the table, helping the listener make sense of where you've been, where you're going, and to be really engaging. I'd rather have someone just go ahead and get the real-world feedback, say they land the job and it's all great, or they come back and say, gosh, that bombed, (laughs) or it's kind of half-baked, right? We go back to the drawing board, but if it really is that rigorous of a negative experience, then we do something like what Elizabeth was saying. Maybe you really do need to go get a certification, maybe yeah. you really do need to do a part time before you do a you maybe you need to you know do some sort of commitment of you know a 6 month interim something somewhere to get that
1: yeah it's interesting and i'll use just a great example from francis financial we have a woman who is joining as an intern and she actually works in healthcare but she's unbelievably unhappy working in healthcare and her skills are nowhere near finance but attention right. to detail, project management, great personal skills and she's going to be perfect. And so she's going to do an internship. We're going to do a 6-month internship, see how it goes, and then she's going to have the experience and a great name on her resume either mm-hmm. to go somewhere else mm-hmm. and get a fantastic job or potentially to work with us. And We've had such great experience doing that. That's one of the things we look for, our career changers or someone who's been, we just hired someone who works at an ophthalmologist and she's the person that helps you pick out the right glasses and what they look like for you. And guess what? Again, you wouldn't think that she would be great in financial planning, but she does all the paperwork. She deals with the insurance companies. She's super detail oriented and she's going to be great. And so. I just am throwing that out there because it might be that you're not making that ideal number you want, but if you can start soon enough and start to build on that track record, certifications, networking, all of that can be really, really powerful. And the other thing I will say, I I always think of this one woman that we've worked with for years and years and years. She did something that I am just in awe of. She wanted to go into annual gifts and fundraising for um, different, either a university or some type of a school or hospital. And she hadn't been working for many years. She updated her resume, sent it out to every single person on her database, every single person and said, if you know anyone that works at, and she listed about 30 different universities and hospitals and blah, 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 could you possibly just introduce me with coffee? She ended up getting a fantastic position in annual gifts at one of the top universities here in New York. In fact, it's, I can't say the name, but it's the one that is the best and it worked. I was so proud and I share her story to anyone who will listen because she got out there. She did exactly what you said and started at the low end But since then, and she's only been there a few years, she's gotten raises and promotions because they've realized that she's the real deal. And she may be going in paid like a 20-something-year-old, but she has just moved through the ranks because she has all these skills and been able to prove what a great asset she is. Yeah, so I want to talk about this. We've talked about the stay-at-home mom. We've talked about you know maybe someone who's been working more part-time and not fully leaning in to their career, and now they need to what if someone's in their 50s and 60s and needs to go back to work or wants to, right? Because we live to age 95. You have another 45 years that you're looking at and you want that second act or that third act. Let's talk about discrimination. And is it really real? Mm -hmm. And then what do you do about it other than launching a lawsuit? Or maybe you do that. I don't know. You tell me, but what do you do with that? And Kelly, have you seen this with some of your clients?
2: Absolutely. Happens all the time. And I wanted to make sure we talked about this in this yeah. podcast because it's it is there. The thing is is that there's discrimination with every candidate. Yes, the older candidate probably feels a little bit more, but discrimination really starts around age 35.
1: Oh my I, god. I know,
2: uh, uh-huh. I know it's a really shocking number. Thank um, God I work for myself. <laughs> and after forty 40 is considered the age of protection after that in the employment market. But I have just as many younger candidates in their 20s that have all sorts of responsibility and bring in all sorts of revenue and they don't get paid. They're told that, you know, they're just a kid. So the search for employment is completely littered with discrimination of any kind. It is also all about rejection. It is... Rejection until you get to the yes.
1: It's a big, big sales gig for yourself. It sounds like we're watching the Bachelor Bachelorette, where like the odds are 32 to one. Waiting
2: for the rose. (laughs) Right?
1: You're waiting for the rose, and your chances are one out of 32 to get the rose.
2: So some of it is saying to yourself, this is the game. You know, it's like if I'm not being discriminated against and I'm not being rejected, then I'm not in it. Now, are there some fields. That are maybe, you know, a little bit more, I don't want to say welcoming, but that they put more value on someone with experience. Yeah, sure. I mean, lawyers that work until they're 80. There's just some fields where like, I want the person with the most experience in the room. Yeah. Well, financial advisory
1: is one of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for us, we've so struggled to find the lead advisor role, the person who's had 15 years plus. And then if you're Say your deep desire is to go into a field
2: that's really different, then you've really just got to make peace with some of the humility of it all. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got
1: to be the intern. You know, you can be the Robert De Niro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right. What was that show again? It was called The Intern, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was called The Intern. Yeah. Yeah. So I just always say, don't be
2: surprised. Also, don't let that stop you. Everyone's discriminated against, it's just
1: a particular flavor the mm-hmm. age part. So Elizabeth, do you see that there's discrimination even in the gig economy? I would say yes
0: and no. I think that there's the opportunity, because it's a lower risk hire mm-hmm. for an employer, that they're more willing to perhaps take a chance. And in fact, sometimes searches come because people are looking for diversity, either experience mm. or, you know, however you define diversity, so many different types that I see people explicitly looking to hire somebody different because it's not an employment arrangement, it's it's contract, it can can stop whenever. But I think it still exists and not to human nature being what it is. I mean, many of the platforms that are out there are do-it-yourself. And so depending on how well you tell your story, present your skills as current and etc all the things Kelly has already spoken about so effectively you know you really have to be able to tell your story in a compelling way to get noticed on these platforms because there's so many people and you're competing for work around the world and honestly it's really hard for buyers to figure out unless you're this a, a ginormous enterprise which have HR departments but for small businesses which are the majority of businesses looking for talent it's hard for them to figure out who to they're not good at defining what they need and and they can scroll through profile after profile and how do you stand out? And so, you know, not to be embarrassed whatsoever about a plug for results resourcing, but I think a human being that is involved in that, helping the client define what they need and helping be the intermediary between the talent because we can often say, no, you should really be talking to this person this person is great at social media and maybe not a digital native, but is absolutely somebody you should be talking to because of all these other factors, or you should pay more for this person because they have the experience that's worth it. And yeah, I know it's really tempting to hire this person below minimum wage, you know, in another country, but are you going to get the results you need? Are they going to understand the culture of your clients? There's so much there that frankly, mm-hmm. small businesses, which are overwhelmed with all the things they need to do to run a business. Mm-hmm. They don't always discern value. Yeah. And so sometimes I think my vision was always to have a DIY platform that automates everything but to have human inter- intervention to help make good matches And it really gets at what you're talking about because we'll see a lot of people, a lot of people won't put a photograph on LinkedIn, but we will interview them, and we will understand the skill set they bring to the table, and we advocate for them. Mm-hmm. so, I agree with Kelly. I mean, it's just, it's human nature. And yeah. people are trying to hire somebody that feels less risky, that feels more comfortable to them.
1: Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know,
0: they can really shortchange themselves.
1: Well, I love that you brought up LinkedIn because, Kelly, I wanted to ask you how does someone put a LinkedIn profile, create a cover letter, create a resume when they feel, again, they don't have skills, even though you and I know they do? <laughs> It feels so freaking overwhelming. Where do you start? And are there individuals that can help you
2: mm-hmm. with that? Absolutely. That's bread and butter kind of stuff for me. I mean, I do it all the time. And um I do have a, a free ebook actually called Resume Writing Roadmap. So for anyone who's interested in a step by step way to do it, there you go. I do find that your skills and your resume building is the starting area and Roughly with resumes, you start with gathering information about yourself, you know, anything that you've written in the past, and then just remembering things. Step two is really deciding the way that you want to present it. There's a lot of discussion about, you know, chronological or feature function, et cetera. How many pages, (laughs) you know, all these kinds of things. That's my I get asked that question all the time. And for example, how many years to show? And then it's all about what's the story? How do you want this to go? You get about 30 seconds of a reader's time, 30 seconds. If you overcomplicate this, you're never going to make it. And then Mm -hmm. the end is really about analysis and review. You know, always tweaking it, always asking for feedback. There is a way to do it so that it doesn't feel like indigestion. The content from that really moves over into your cover letter the cover letter for me is always three compelling reasons why someone should hire you. That's it. It's almost like, why would they be dumb if they don't hire you? Mm -hmm. And the LinkedIn part for me, I I love it. And by the way, LinkedIn is appropriate for most people, Mm -hmm. but not for everybody. If you're a creative, you might have a WordPress site. Mm. If you're an actor, you're going to be an IMDB. You're a hairstylist. You're going to be on Instagram. So I see these things as tools, you know, like Elizabeth was saying, you know, with platform is, you know, you got to get all the information out for the humans and the robots. And LinkedIn's just taken off. Mm-hmm. used to be, even just a couple of years ago, I'd say, you know, it's okay if you're not there. We can still do that now. I'm saying it's mandatory if this is appropriate for your, your industry. And you know, yeah. job hunters have certain kinds of LinkedIn profiles versus, say, business owners. And that all feeds right into
1: Elizabeth's. Offerings really. So, question, and Kelly, I'm going to ask the question that everybody's thinking as they're either driving or listening. Do you have to have all of that in place? If it's LinkedIn or resume, the cover letter, before you start like these informational coffees, before you start reaching out? No, really? No. 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 Okay. So, I'm used to like, I got to have every dot (laughs) dotted, every T crossed, and then it Uh takes me three months, and then finally, no.
2: Now, I have people, right when I have them do their skills, that same exercise, I say, make a list of 10 people that you know, like, and trust to do conversations with, to talk about who you are and your skills. And it's fine. I have people call me when they've gotten the job and HR called them and said, could you send your resume? And they're Mm -hmm. in a panic because it's some big, big, big job. And my God, I haven't had a resume in 15 years. And can you turn one around tonight?
1: (laughs) <laughs> so no joking aside, I'm on the other side of that. So we're in the process of hiring someone who's been outsourced consultant now for eight years, eight years. And it's match in heaven. Yeah. And I was like, can you just send us a resume so we have it on file? <laughs> and she's like, I don't have one. And I'm like, okay, we'll just put it together. We'll throw it on. Send her okay. D. Interesting. <laughs> You're right. Because I didn't even look at the resume when I hired her. Right? I you know, it was right? It's all done. I mean, It's like, <laughs> you're willing, oh my God, you're hired, you're amazing. Of course you're amazing. I don't even worry about yeah. it. These things are okay. tools, they're tools. So don't to let get them the hold job. you back. All right, so everybody listening, no more excuses. In fact, there's no more like, I'm gonna reach out to my network once I get that done and then I'll do it. No, like after this podcast, again, make 10 people of mm-hmm. you know and trust that you like, that you can talk about your skills and mm-hmm. ask for advice. Ideally, maybe they even have some leads for you of people you can talk to. Wow. I mean, if everyone was like
2: your client that got the job at the university and did the outreach, I mean, this is what it comes down to in the end. Clients do get jobs online, definitely, but it's usually not as good as a fit Mm -hmm. than if they had created a relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just hired three people and two of them are people that employees know. And the third is from online. But the number of people we had to interview online, and the number of resumes, (laughs) I mean, no joke this year, just year to date, I've spent at least 150 hours, at least 150 hours going through resumes, talking to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, All right. Elizabeth, what tools do you need to have ready to go to work with results resourcing, or to start to launch your business being a consult in this skill set? What does that have to look like for that side of it?
0: Well, it's interesting listening to the two of you talk, I would say the bar is probably a little higher on the freelance side, because mm. you have to create an online presence. presence, yeah. And just like you were talking about LinkedIn, I think LinkedIn's the digital business card. There's so a lot of freelancers a few years ago, did not have LinkedIn profiles. They would have profiles on the different platforms. But the thing is, is they can't take those platform profiles with them. You have to have an account on these different platforms. But you can own your identity on LinkedIn, and it can be the repository of of your professional desires because you can talk, you can create a headline, you can create an about me, You, you know, you can post things that you do. I agree with what Kelly said that depending on the the role, it's useful to have some sort of a website about that you're a serious business owner in whatever that expertise area is, or an Instagram account if you're a photographer or writing samples or whatever it might be. There's all kinds of different platforms that can house proof of your work. But I think when you're talking about the vast majority of people do a lot of people get hired through platforms because it's a distribution channel. It's a place where a marketplace for talent, but people are going to be looking in most platforms. It's do it yourself. So they're going to mm-hmm. be looking at profiles, and a lot of weight will go on to that profile. If you're not careful about what you put on, it's going to be obvious. Yeah. And people yeah. will scroll right by you and say, Nope, not who I'm looking for. But if you have that engaging tagline and, and a story that people relate to, people will pay attention to that. And unless you happen to have, and we're not for everybody, but you know, we have that human, but even our humans, our technology has takes the first couple cuts and it serves up the best profile people for us to spend human time on. And that's Mm -hmm. the point of technology. You know, it's, it's, you know, some hiring technology is all about keyword searches and things like that. And that's not what we're all about, but you know, you've got to find ways to be found the control of that is definitely in in everyone's hands but i think the standards are going to be higher because you're competing with other online profiles to yeah. get attention
1: so the next part i really want to make sure we get to because i know we're coming up to time but i know everybody's enjoying every single second of this <laughs> kelly can you talk to me about the woman who has a fantastic career and you know she's doing very well in it but she needs to make more and that could be where she currently is working, or it could be that she needs to look outside at different jobs. Let's talk about the, I wanna stay at my current employer, but I need to make more. What should she do?
2: Well, this is a situation where obviously she has a strong why, right? She's got the motivation, right? And it's not that different than a promotion strategy, really it's that whole relationship and talking about the value. She might have to look outside, you know, mm-hmm. really to even, she might have to get a counteroffer. Yeah. You know? So talk even. about
1: offers because mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the more effective ways. Mm-hmm. So tell about what is a counteroffer? What does that look yeah. like?
2: Counteroffers, they happen usually two ways. One is someone's on the inside. They have an offer to go elsewhere. They tell the current, person, they have an offer and then they're waiting for the employer to say, all right, here you go. Or they say, sorry, we can't do that. I guess you're going. The other counter offer is two external leads against each other. Company, not company A, company B and C going Mm -hmm. back and forth. What you're bringing up is the question that I've been asked the most. And I would say the last two months more than ever is negotiation. Yeah, Everyone's bringing it up and I've been really going personally deep on that saying, you know, what, what's going on here. And I think people just want more ease um, and more but they want more than ever where they are. And they're realizing that negotiation is the how. To get to that ideal, ideal number. Yep. So that's part of it. I mean, doing a big leap, hundreds of thousands, I mean, probably have to go someplace else is my guess. And it's no different than someone else saying enough is enough. It's like when you finish your MBA or you know, when you have something big happen, it's time for a bold leap. But negotiation right now is so it. It's, it's blowing up on LinkedIn. It's, I'm actually rereading, you know, getting to yes yes, right now, yeah. which I haven't reread. <laughs> it's been about 30 years since I was at mm-hmm. Villanova Business
1: <laughs> that I read it. But yeah, it's in fuego right now. I say this many times. Women don't ask. We tend not to. We tend to not, not oh, ask. Yeah. And that is part of the reason of the wage gap. Now, there are many, 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 many many other reasons that there are many other factors, but that's a big piece. So what I'm really hearing is if you really want to stay where you're at, get yourself on a promotion path, Mm -hmm. try and get an outside offer, see if they can Mm -hmm. try and match it, negotiate. Mm -hmm. If you want a big, big, big leap, most likely you're going to have to move companies. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to try have company B and company C going after you. And what's really interesting is that the time, and for everybody who's listening to this podcast, the labor market is really tight. And I can vouch for that because it has been so hard for us to get the right talent. And I've never in 20 years ever, ever had this problem. So it's really the employee has the world's oyster. For them right yeah. now, so use it.
2: You know, since May or June, the the vibe has really been all about inflation, mm-hmm. and we're all waiting right now to see where the power shift goes. And I think some of it is people are just trying to get into position for a while. And I don't necessarily mean job position; I mean like where they are. Yeah, because the road ahead is unknown.
1: I want to make sure that you each have an opportunity to to say how people can get a hold of you. So Elizabeth, I'd love to come to you. How can people get a hold of you? If you can share the website for resorts, resourcing. And for everyone listening, there is going to be in show notes, a lot of great information. So I'm going to share the contact information for you to get a hold of Elizabeth and Kelly. I'm going to add a link to the book, Getting to Yes, Also, What Color is Your Parachute? Some great, great resources there. I'm also going to add a link to the resume writing roadmap that Kelly was kind enough to share and any other resources that you think would be helpful. I'll follow up with Kelly and, and Elizabeth to make sure that they're there in the show notes. But Elizabeth, how do we get a hold of you?
0: I'm going to answer that question in a second, but I want to go back to the question that you asked Kelly about okay. how do people get more because I've seen some really interesting things happen on the freelance side. One is people establish a side hustle. Something that they really love to do, which brings in ancillary income. And then they hire other people to support that business that is lower cost than their own time. And the second thing I've seen a lot of is that people that are in executive positions that want higher executive positions, they start to think about how do I outsource my home life? And so they hire personal assistants or they hire people to help them manage properties. There is a freelancer for almost anything you can imagine. So if you get imaginative about your how you're spending your time and are there other people that can do that for you, that frees up your time to focus on your why and deliver more value at your job. So I guess I just wanted to make sure we include that because there are so many options these days for creating value. And I don't think people, they tend to be very tunnel vision about their yeah. own the employment draft like, in- and they're not yep. thinking in an entrepreneurial way about their career yep. and how to really run it like a business. And one of the tools I'm going to provide to you is something that we call the ROI of time. It's an ROI of time calculator, which really helps you figure out, it's, it's more for the business owner, but I think it can also work well for someone that's got a, a business or a corporate role, because it really is like, what's your core value and hmm. how much are you worth? What's your core value, and how much time are you spending on that core mm-hmm. value? And then, what are all the other things that you're doing? Just rough yeah. hours, whatever that rate your hour is worth, times those hours you're doing things that somebody else could do for you is opportunity to yeah. increase your earnings. So I'll, that is a perfect
1: way to end. I'm <laughs> perfect way. So Elizabeth, how do we get a hold of you?
0: <laughs> well, the key thing to remember is that we resource results. So you've just flipped that around. Our company is called Results Resourcing, and you know, we are happy to help people talk about freelancing or hiring freelancing. We do a 30-minute free consult to talk about that. We're not primarily in the business of helping people become freelancers because our clients are looking for experienced freelancers. But at the same time, for you, anybody that was interested in knowing more, be happy to do that.
1: All right. So we'll put in the show notes, www.resultsresourcing.net, and we'll also add your email so that people can reach out to you. And Kelly, how do our listeners reach out to you? I just want to
2: give a shout out to Elizabeth. I've had my VA for two and a half years, thanks to Elizabeth. It's life changing. So I can totally attest to what that does. And I send friends to her all the time. And one of my friends from business school, he started his new CFO job today. And he had gotten an assistant to manage his estate over the summer. It's game changer, game changer for him. And that's how he's in his new job. So like, thank you. So how do people reach me? So I do offer a free consult as well. And you can sign up for that free at the truth at slash consult. Um, so nice and easy, or you can just go to the truth at work.com. It'll pop right up. It's all good. And where I live all the time with fresh content and commentary is on LinkedIn. So it's good old linkedin.com and, and it's
1: Kelly Joyce Career Coach. That's it. see you there. I love fun. it. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Kelly. It was a ball. I have to tell you, best hour that I've had without wine. So love it. <laughs> That's the next Thank hour.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <It's ugly.
1: laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. I love all the tools that Kelly and Elizabeth shared today, the resume writing roadmap, as well as the ROI calculator, so many great things to help us essentially be the best we can be, earn the most, everything that we deserve. And I want to offer some tools for you on the financial end. As you know, Francis Financial is a fee-only independent wealth management firm, and we specialize in working with women just like you women who have gone through a divorce and are really committed to making sure that they're on the right financial footpath to financial security. If you have any questions about if you are on that right roadmap, please reach out. We have a fantastic consultation that we can dive into the finances and be essentially a team player, a second opinion of making sure that you're on that right roadmap. If you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to me, Stacy at FrancisFinancial.com, or you can visit our website, www.FrancisFinancial.com. We're here for you, and we want to make sure that you have the resources, that you have the tools, and that you have the support to make great financial decisions and be financially secure for the long term. Thanks for joining in to Financially Ever After, and we'll see you in two weeks.